I was just asking Stu, you know, do you have a rectech yet? And he said, no, I don't. And I is it because everybody in your family is a vegetarian? Because I, I don't believe that of Lisa. You, I believe no. it that you could destroy your kids with it. But. No, I don't even destroy my kids with it. They eat whatever yeah. they want. So <laughs> you don't have one yet? I do not, no. Would I would, you use I would. it if I bought one for you for Christmas? Uh, yeah, of course I would. Good. I mean... Well, keep dreaming. Darn it. Uh, Rect- <laughs> Rectech makes a great Christmas gift for somebody you care about. Right. Uh, that's, that's why you brought it up with me, right? Like, you and thinking. somebody you love. And somebody that, you know, appreciates real food, not rabbit food. Anyway, <laughs> uh, here's the thing. You want to cook your food to absolute perfection, Rectech. Rectech. Go to Rectech's site right now. You'll face another holiday at your home with the grill that uh, doesn't make appetizers, entrees, even desserts. This is a incredible device, and it can uh, it has smart grill technology, so you can do it from the inside, and it's cooking outside and letting you know when everything's ready. Order your grill for the holidays right now. Great Christmas gift. Rectech. R e c t e q dot com. Remember. Dads, except for Stu, like meat, rectech.com slash back. Go there now, rectech.com. Gosh, it seems almost like it was just last year where we were saying, wow, we're energy independent for the very first time. Wow, it's the best economy since the 1960s. Wow, it's the it's the lowest unemployment for minorities ever in the history of keeping records. Do you remember those days? Seems like yesterday. But I will tell you, we just broke another record today. Come on, Team Biden. It is the highest inflation in 39 years. Yeah. Yay, number one. We're yeah. number one. 39 years, and we've finally done it. Thank you so much, Joe Biden. We're at 6.8 official government estimated inflation. Oh, that is. Oh, my right, Kamala? <laughs> yes, I know I am. <laughs> All right, let me tell you about Car Shield. Um, have you noticed that if you go to try to buy a new car, you can't get one? Uh, if you tried to buy a used car, it's the price of a new car. Now think of, oh, how much fun it's going to be to wait for that part, especially if it's a chip, if your car goes down. Won't it be great? Oh, Mm. the times you will have paying for the rental car for that time period. Oh, it'd be great, let alone the cost of the chip. Don't do this. If your car is out of warranty, please get CarShield. I know this from experience. CarShield has saved me a buttload of money, a buttload. I have old trucks that, you know, I'm going to drive till the doors fall off. But I don't know. I'd probably do it after that because I bet I could get the the warranty. I bet I could write in, uh, I want something, too, with the doors. They fall off. I want them put back on. (laughs) I mean, you can create your own... your own warranty, and they have something that fits everybody's budget, but I will tell you, get the big things covered, because when they go bad, you're not going to be able to get another car to replace it. 
and it's going to cost you a fortune. Yeah, that's right. We're on the way to being Cuba. Woo! I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Carshield.com slash Beck. Carshield.com slash Beck. Save 10% deductible may apply. Oh, man. Oh, this is so great. I am. I'm all a tingle. 6.8. But you know how hard that is to do? I mean, it hasn't been done. Yeah, it hasn't been done in 40 years. So this guy's shows. got it done. Yeah. And uh, and his team. And by the way, Woo! Janet Yellen came out yesterday. And I think this is beautiful. She came out yesterday to say, I think we need to start using a different word than transitory. Because that one doesn't seem to fit. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Are we right, Kamala? Are we right? No. <laughs> no, we're not right. It's certainly transitory. That's amazing. I mean, think of it. From the minute they started saying transitory, we've been mocking it. Yeah. Every day. And then yeah. Janet Yellen comes out and says, oh, yeah, by the way, the transitory thing. <laughs> no freaking way. It's with us forever. Oh, Good night, everybody. Yeah, but they now say that it's, that it's going to end next year. If not next year, the year after. And if not that, yeah. I mean, then the dollar will collapse and we'll be in hyperinflation. But don't worry about it because they have a Build Back Better plan. And it's going to be great. You just pass it. You got to know what's in it. You just got to pass it. You know what I mean? You just pass it and trust them. Because our government on both sides of the aisle has always been so reliable and trustworthy. Haven't they? When they say, I haven't read the bill, but I'm going to vote for it because I'm sure it's good. All of us, you know, the regular people, we all go, oh, well, I trust you, too. Seeing we don't even know who wrote the bill, but blanket trust, blanket trust. I think they've earned that. I think they've earned I a blank check to spend. Yeah. Did you see that with Mike Lee last night? The literal blank check. No. The, in the in the uh, continue. What is it called? The continuing resolution. resolution. Yeah. It is actually one page has a dollar sign and a big blank line. <laughs> they, they, it's literally they're uh, asking to pass a blank check. Fill it in after we pass it. It's a fun time when they actually just admit it. Right. We've known they've had a blank check this entire time. Now they just have a real blank check. Finally, they're just saying, yes, this is reality. Get used to it. By the way, everything that I'm, I'm reading, please, I know you, I know you don't most likely, um, but you, you've got to take facts, actual facts, and share them with your friends that can be turned. Uh, stop reading the local newspapers most likely. I mean, I, I know even the, uh, the Tribune and the Deseret News they are just ripping Mike Lee apart as some sort of radical. He Bizarre. is not a radical. I mean, if it, particularly for Utah, I know, I know they're way out of step, way out of step. If it's radical to, uh, to preach the constitution and stand up for the constitution, then yes, I'm a radical, but we're not the revolutionaries. We're not the radicals. I know everybody is trying to make us seem like that. Oh, they're dangerous. They're dangerous radicals. They hate government. No, we don't. No, we don't. No, we hate. We hate the way this government is behaving. But we love the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights. And if we just do those things, guess what? Problems solved. (laughs) 
<laughs> is that how you pronounce that? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, we have the uh, Jussie Smollett uh, verdict coming back in. Stunning verdict. It is stunning. I really thought that happened. I really thought in the middle of the night on one of the coldest years in Chicago, mm-hmm. Jussie Smollett was going to, I don't know, grab Subway, right? So, and yeah, then grab, some eggs. Yeah. Grab some eggs and a Subway sandwich in the middle of the night again on the coldest day and walking right there in a very, very dark and dangerous area. And two white guys jump out with with MAGA hats. Mm-hmm. And they say, hey, black man in black show, we won't have you around here. Uh, this is MAGA this country is now. Ma- MAGA. There's nothing more MAGA than Chicago. And we, we are we are in the hood of Chicago in the middle of the night with MAGA hats. And we rule these streets now. It was very convincing. Mm. Very convincing. It just it rang true from moment one. It did, didn't it? Well, it did to people like Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And it Kamala did Harris. with Kamala Harris, uh, but really not anybody who was uh, thinking. May I just? And I hate to bring this up because Ellen Page, she's no longer with us. No, we lost her. We lost her. She's no longer with us. But here she was uh, on Stephen Colbert. Right after. And I think this is the way America felt at the time. Mm. Of a media that's saying it's a debate whether or not what just happened to Jesse Smollett is a hate crime. It's absurd. Okay, can we stop there for it a second? It is absurd. It I, is absurd that. because yeah. that's not what the debate was about. Mm. Uh, the debate was, did it happen or not? Right. You know, if someone actually did the things he described, it would be a hate crime. It would qualify as a hate crime right. in our legal system. Yes. yes. So we're trying to be gentle because Ellen Page. No we longer, lost we her. lost her no longer, no longer with us, with us. Uh, here she is of a media that's saying it's a debate whether or not what just happened to jesse smollett is a hate crime right it's right. absurd it's absurd mm. this isn't a debate it's not no it's not a audience I applause yeah yes. Stephen agrees yes, yes that Stephen means agrees. Sorry, I'm, like, not yes. I'm like really fired up tonight oh she is fired up you have to be fired it feels up. impossible to not she feel this up. way right now with yeah. the president and the vice president mike pence in terms yeah. of connecting the dots in terms of what happened the other day to jesse i don't know him personally i saw yeah. i sent all of my love oh yeah all of her love connect the dots connect the yeah dots. okay let's this is what happens let's right think. if you are in a position of power and you hate people hate people and you want to cause suffering to them suffering yeah. mm-hmm. you go through the trouble you spend your career trying to cause suffering oh she's gonna cry what do you think is gonna happen oh my gosh Nothing, I guess, is the answer. Kids uh, are going to be abused. Okay, and they're stop. Gonna they're going to be abused. They're going to be the kids are going to be abused. What does Jesse Smollett yeah, have to do, do with her child kids abuse. killing themselves? But uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. None of that happened. In fact, you might even say the opposite happened. It's like if if you just wanted to get somebody out of office so badly, and you wanted to call your country racist so badly, and you didn't have really enough current examples, so you start making them up. Mm. That's you're dead inside. You're mm. dead inside. And and that's what happened. And right? that's what happened. Ellen Page dead inside. She was dead inside. She so dead she inside. turned into Elliot Page. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? No, Elliot Page is a completely different person. I'm sorry. Elliot do Page not, is a different. Do not dead name Elliot, uh, Elliot Page. I feel like this is partially our fault. This whole thing with her and him. Do you? Yes, I do. Uh, because, you know, first of all, the Elliot Page thing is just as fraudulent as the Jesse Smollett incident. We should 
I should point that out. Uh, it's sad. Sad. But we lost her. The issue here is she has spent every moment of her waking life since making Juno trying to uh, have to serve penance for that because she made a mistakenly pro-life movie mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. people actually liked. Mm-hmm. And ever since that moment, she has got she's, she's become tortured. crazier and crazier. Yeah, and she's crazier. a tortured soul. It's sad. And uh, we're sorry that we lost her. But uh, whoever this Elliot guy is, no relation, nothing to do with uh, with Ellen. Nothing. Don't you dare do it. Don't you dare connect those two. Don't. I'm Don't. gonna connect. I just it. read a story uh, the other day, and it, <sighs> I think it might have been about the swimmer. In, uh, you know, the guy, the, the woman. Oh, wait, the, uh, the woman, what? Yeah. The, the woman. woman with a ding dong downstairs. I don't know uh, that, about that part of it. <laughs> anyway, I'm reading it. I, I don't know what story it was. I read it three times and I couldn't understand the story. Yeah, can you I couldn't it? understand the story because I'm like, wait a minute. What? They. Who they, is they, this? They use what? plurals for singular people. So they and them and uh, like, like what I don't I can't, know what you're even talking about. I can't understand it. I can't seriously. You get to this point and and you see this all the time. There these news stories. You can't understand what's occurring. In the I news would story. like to take a news story like that and give it to an adult along with a sonnet from Shakespeare mm. and have an adult read both of those and say which one do you understand more? Yeah, oh, it is more easy. confusing than Shakespeare. And, then, and Shakespeare's only because it's like, you know, outdated, flowery old-timey, language, old timey yeah. stuff that you're like, what the hell does that even mean? You see the same thing with these gender stories. Like someone will either say something uh, that's supposedly racist or supposedly gender horrific uh, and they can't now say the words in the news stories. Yeah. So you're like, they said something controversial, but you'll read. You can link, click, click, click. You're clicking through link after link after link, and no one says what the off- offensive right. thing is because I guess we're all children and we can't read the words that are offensive. Okay, so now uh, I just want to bring you up to date. Jesse Smollett uh, guilty on five of the six counts of lying to the police and reporting false battery and and you know race hate charges. Um, I don't know what he's going to get yet. They're waiting for the sentencing to happen here soon. Um, but I hope he gets a, I hope he gets a, a bad, heavy sentence. The, I max, really, yeah, the max penalty is a couple of years, right? Yeah. And yeah. I, I hope he gets mm-hmm. the maximum penalty only because, well, I no. let me tell you what the, what the report is today by, <clears throat> by sending him to jail, these white people are sending a message that it is okay to uh, uh, to bash gay and lesbian and black people because now people won't report because they think that that won't be taken seriously. Hmm. Now, I don't know the mental gymnastics that you have to do, and I'm guessing there's no gymnastics. I'm, I think that the mental gymnast looks at the kid on the bench and says, just keep sitting there, kid. You don't have to even think about gymnastics. Just believe what I'm telling you. There's no gymnastics that would make this work in your head. By sensing a guy who lied about it, you're actually restoring some of the credibility of cries of racism and sexism yeah. and everything else. 
if if you can just get away with making it up, which far too many times in our society recently, that's got that's happened. If you can just make stuff up, by the way. This is such a sore. I'm on fire right now. I'm on fire like like Ellen Page was. I'm on fire with something right now. And I have to tell you, OK, because this Jesse Smollett thing has Jesse, by the way, whatever. Mm-hmm. A Don't Jesse, name Jesse. Jesse. Are they the same people? <laughs> no, I, I think so. I, don't know. I have to tell you. <sighs> now, this happened about 20 years ago, but it's still going on today. Mm. Uh, L. McPherson. <laughs> okay. Uh, she, the, I didn't call model. police. She let, yes, she left ropes around my wrists. She tied me up. She ravaged me, mm. ravaged me mm. because she was like, uh, this is only a place uh, for uh, hot people and you're hot. And so I'm going to tie you up. And she covered herself in spaghetti sauce. And it was really tough. It was my wife's spaghetti sauce, which is delicious, as you know. Mm-hmm. And she was like, come on, I'm covered in your favorite food. And I'm like, no, L, no, I can't go into any more details. But I've I hope people understand that I will be living the rest of my life with the thought of El McPherson ravaging me relentlessly because I'm so hot. <laughs> I don't mean don't to la- don't, laugh at your don't laugh story at that is, is obviously affecting you in such serious and dramatic way. ways decades later. And um, if anybody denies, if anybody, especially El McPherson, is like, I've never even heard of the guy or that big fat lump. Why would I? I want you to know that that hurts me even more deeply, more deeply. And that, that and if these models, because I could go on, if these models could get away with ravaging me and there's no consequence and you don't believe me because I can Act. I just don't know what's going to become of all of us. Do you want to be ravaged by a model? Don't answer that. Because we all know the answer is no. It's powerful. I'm sorry that happened to you. Um, now, are you okay? I might be having L's baby. I think that's what's <laughs> happening to me. I, I God, I'm laughing again. I'm carrying for 18 months. I've been carrying what looks like giant fatness, <laughs> and I believe it's L. McPherson's baby. And don't laugh because men can have babies too. <laughs> oh, the pain of your life, Glenn. It's terrible. Well, if you want to look as hot as Glenn and take, I don't know. 20, 30, 50, 80 years <laughs> off your life. Um, uh, and you want to look uh, a lot better for Christmas, for the holidays, and going into the new year. You might not own a time machine, so you could go back to the, the 90s when Glenn was hot, supposedly hot, according no, to Elle said, McPherson. I said to her, I'm not going to be as hot my whole life. I'm going to turn into a fat lump. And she said, oh, I will still want to ravage you then, because that'll only be hotter. <laughs> uh, well, take better steps than Glenn does. Uh, go to genucell.com. You can get their most popular package right now, 60% off at GenuCell.com. You can treat yourself or a loved one to the absolute best skincare in the world. 
Uh, if you have drooping eyelids or forehead wrinkles, pesky bags and puffiness, or just want better skin, you can watch all that stuff uh, improve right before your eyes with GenuCell's Classic Collection. They also have the immediate effects, which are going to see results in less than 12 hours, guaranteed, or your money back. So you're not risking anything. Uh, you're also guaranteed to get your GenuCell in time for the holidays because all their products are made right here in the USA. Uh, you can get these complimentary spa package absolutely free at checkout right now with the microdermabrasion treatment and cleanser and toner. I mean, these are great stocking stuffers as well. Don't wait. Christmas is just around the corner. Go to GenuCell.com and enter the promo code BEC35. For an additional 35 bucks off, every order today is instantly upgraded to free express shipping. It's great for you. It's great for a gift as well. Go to GenuCell.com. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. The code is Beck 35 10 seconds, station ID. Thank you. Just going to say that. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to. Right. Right. Sorry, you had to go back in the dark part of your life. Oh my gosh, it you know? was it was horrible, Stu. Because I used to admire her. You know, mm-hmm. I'd see her in the magazines and Sports Illustrated, and I'd be like, "That is a smart woman. Mm-hmm. That is a good woman. That is." And I would not, I would not look at her sexually at all. No, and objectify her, but she was doing it to me the whole time. Yeah, you and didn't I even know was, it. and I didn't even know it. Wow, and. And if we were to say that sounds like a completely made up story, that would hurt new accusations of sexual harassment, right? That the people who actually were suffering from yes, a real claim. It would hurt it would hurt everybody else who's been ravaged by a model. <laughs> I don't know if there's a huge amount necessarily. What is enough if we can just save one child yeah. from being ravaged? <laughs> I don't think there's a huge market for child ravaging among really models. i just don't know maybe there is really none of them talk to me so maybe i don't know maybe there is <sighs> but uh, i want to make sure you know that the audience is behind you and we stand with you and and your terrible you. struggles thank of you. 90s thank you. mcpherson i will tell you that uh, <laughs> anthony anderson a star of uh, blackish said i'm happy that the system worked for jesse smollett uh because the system isn't always fair especially for people of color i'm glad it worked out for him uh another co-star from empire said i'm happy the truth has finally been set free because i knew it all along uh, those were old uh, comments uh oh. and i'm 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 wondering now if they're going to come out with a comment that like wow now that i now that I see the case, uh, and I'm having a hard time saying that it didn't work for a justice didn't work for black people because the two black people that were involved in this <laughs> seemed to work for them. Yeah, so it did uh, work for black people. Yes, good, good for them. You just you just release a statement that just says "oops." <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> Please, that's Sorry. what she said. That's what she said. American Financing NMLS one eight two three three four www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Most famous interview question of all time: Where do you see yourself in five years? What's your answer look like? In the same house, a different one. What's your financial situation looking good? Huh? You sitting on a pile of money that you saved? Huh? And how did you save it? Is it because you called American Financing? Who's a killer? You called American Financing. I highly recommend calling uh, American Financing. If you are paying 3% or more for your mortgage, you could be saving hundreds of dollars a month. If you have high interest credit cards, 
Get them off your back. Please do this now. American Financing. Never any pressure, no hidden fees or upfront fees, just family-owned business that wants to help you achieve your dreams. It's American Financing at 800-906-2440 or go to AmericanFinancing.net. Bet you Errol McPherson who's listening to me now. I know she's listening, but she's calling. <laughs> uh, head over to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. Join up. Become a member of Blaze TV. Coming up, Mr. Bo Snertley, uh, talking about uh, his time with Rush Limbaugh. Legend. Uh, yeah, legend. Very cool. Yeah, legend. Uh, also, uh, Jim Jordan on uh, what Congress has to do, taking Congress back and the things that the Republicans have got to do. Uh, that's all coming up. First, I want to talk to Aaron Siri now. I don't know if there's any relation to the Siri that lives on your phone, um, but he is the managing partner of Siri in uh, Glimstad. He's a civil rights attorney. He's the guy that has been asking FISA to, or Pfizer to um, release the COVID-19 vaccine data. And they said it was going to take him 50 years. He sued them, you know, for a FISA, re- for a FOIA release. And, uh, they came back and said, yeah, can't do it. In fact, we're going to need, what oh, was it, till 2096, I think, 75 years to be able to uh, give the 451,000 pages uh, to, um, uh, to the public to be able to look through. They are asking for all of those pages in 108 days. That's the same amount of time it took the FDA to review and license Pfizer's, va- uh, Pfizer's vaccine. So why, why can't we look at all of that information? He's on with us now to tell us why this is important. Hi, Aaron. How are you, sir? Good. Good morning. How are you? Very good. Thank you, Thank you A, for fighting this. Appreciate it. Um, this is one of the craziest things I've ever heard. Uh, we've paid billions of dollars to FISA and they won't give us any transparency. What do you, why, what do you think you're going to find and why are they working so hard to shut it off for the next century? Yeah. You know, it's even worse than FISA not giving the documents. It's, it is the FDA the taxpayer funded funded agency that's supposed to be looking out for our interests that is refusing to release the data. And as you pointed out, Glenn, the FDA reviews those same documents in a review they said was thorough and complete and robust in just 108 days to license Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine product for use in America. But yet when it comes to being transparent about those documents that reviewed, the documents that received from Pfizer, um, it w- it's, it's saying that it will only produce about 500 pages a month. So with over 450,000 pages, what that means is the documents won't be fully produced until the year at least 2096, when most Americans and today probably will have moved on to the next world. Right. Right. That makes a joke of the FDA and the federal government's promise of transparency. And I'd like to put this in context. The FDA has over $6 billion budget 
it has over 16,000 employees. But the position it's taking is that it wants to allocate one person for only a week and a half each month to review those documents. And why are those documents important? Just to understand, I'm, this lawsuit is not, I'm an attorney. I brought the suit on behalf of a client. That client comprised of over 70 medical professionals and doctors and public health uh, uh, officials from the most prestigious universities in our country, from Yale and so forth. They're the ones who want this data because they want to conduct an independent review. And that is so critical right now when the vaccines are failing. We need booster shots. Looks like it'll be every six months. We have variants that are evading vaccine immunity. The FDA shouldn't be hoarding this data. It should be sharing it so that all scientists in our country can participate in finding solutions. Aaron, do you have uh, we um, got through Judicial Watch uh, and a FOIA request, the secret 200 page contract between Moderna and the uh, NIH and NI, uh, N, uh, what is it? Uh, N, D, NIAD, yeah, NIAD, Fauci's agency. And do you have that? Because that is that is something that shows that they are in partnership and co-own any of the vaccines. And yeah, that just seems wrong here. <laughs> really wrong. <laughs> well, uh, if, if I may, if I may say something before I directly answer that, I, I will say this in terms of quote unquote wrong, uh, you know, uh, stepping even further back, if I may, the federal government has given Pfizer complete immunity from liability for any injuries caused by their product. Yep. If you're an American and you get this product and you're injured, the federal government does not let you sue them or anybody else. You're basically on your own. The federal government is also mandating you to take this product. Correct. And the federal government has given Pfizer over $17 billion. But yet the federal government doesn't want to let you see the documents underlying its licensure. And then to boot, as you just pointed out, on top of it, to put it in that bigger context, when it comes to Moderna's vaccine, what you said is effectively right, which is the Moderna vaccine, COVID-19 vaccine, was co-invented with individuals in NIAID, Fauci's agency within the National Institutes of Health. A number of those individuals within NIAID, these are public servants, they have patent rights effectively, or they have royalty rights with regards to the Moderna vaccine. So there is a handful of individuals within NIAID who will, who stand to earn about a hundred up to $150,000 a year, not only in their lifetime, but their heirs lifetime. We're talking millions of dollars for Fauci's closest, probably associates within NIAID, presumably the ones he's worked with to create this, what he calls the miracle drug my understanding. And, and, and NIAID itself will also receive money. Everybody thinks the government is totally impartial when it makes these decisions, at least financially. And unfortunately, when it comes to the Moderna's vaccine, that's, not, that, that, that's just not the case. Um, we, we did actually a write-up on this many, about seven, eight months ago, because this is not, um, you know, this information is, is publicly available directly on NIAID's NIH's website. They don't actually hide this. You know, our client, uh, ICANN, the Informed Consent Action Network, we have a whole write-up on their website detailing the names of everybody at NIAID who stands to earn this money and providing all of the, you know, statutory sections and the proof showing exactly the conflicts there. 
So uh, I've never seen anything like this, with, especially with a vaccine. I mean, uh, I think Salk refused to patent it. Um, uh, and, you know, we have a, a real tradition, especially going all the way back to Benjamin Franklin, of when it is in the public interest. You know, generally people say, you know, this is going to help too many people. No patent on it. I mean, look at Elon Musk. No patent on the stuff I'm doing. Uh, it, and the government paying for all of this if if they really truly believed that people were in peril it's pretty evil that we would be paying with our dollars and it would go to a private firm and then they would block the entire world from looking at it i mean this shouldn't be a privately owned thing if we're paying for it if we are being forced to be able to uh, to take it, it certainly shouldn't be all black boxed. We should be able to see everything. At a minimum, Americans should be given the dignity. If they have to take it and they can't sue for harm, at least they should have the ability to get what most people get, which is a second opinion, an independent review. We call it peer review in science. Yeah. Right? Somebody else looking at the data Absolutely. It's, it's very concerning. But I think it's in part the result of what happens when government steps in and acts really like a company mm-hmm. um, instead of instead of uh, instead of uh, working on behalf of the people. Uh, let me uh, let me put that in context. The FDA, for example, has its role is to uh, license products based on whether in its view it's safe and effective. That's its role. What has the FDA done vis-a-vis the COVID-19 vaccine? Before it was even licensed, Janet Woodcock and Peter Marks, the then acting commissioner of the FDA, and uh, 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 Peter Marks, who is the head of uh, the biologics division, the vaccine division within the FDA, they have been, uh, for lack of a better term, pom-pom cheerleading this product. They have been promoting it to the American people. Meaning they put not only the FDA's reputation, but their own reputation on the line when they did that. They don't promote statins. They no. don't promote all heart medicine, which is why the FDA has no problems telling you, oh, oops, yep, problem with the heart medicine. Oops, yep, problem you know, with this drug or that drug. But when it comes to certainly the COVID-19 vaccine, when they have now staked their reputation on this, it means that any claim, any evidence, any indication that it's problematic, it causes any harm, it might be uh, driving variants, it might be have waning immunity, it might not provide, it, might, it doesn't prevent infection transmission. That not only reflects badly on Pfizer, in fact, it hurts the federal government more than Pfizer. And so what they now have an interest in hiding that information. It's interesting you mentioned Jonas Salk and his vaccine, which was released in 1955. You might recall that vaccine was then withdrawn from the market after the Cutter incident a few years later and was re- replaced by, by, by the Sabin polio vaccine. I mean, that was a time mm-hmm. and an era in which we could, you know, it, it say science was, uh, you know, uh, um, when there was an issue, our federal health authorities weren't conflicted in incredible manner they are today, where they're receiving money for selling this product, as you pointed out earlier, for the Moderna vaccine, to um, acting as the promoters of the vaccine, to the enforcers of the vaccine by mandating it, and in fact, even giving any immunity for any liability for the product. This is why the Great Reset is so dangerous, because it puts the government into public-private partnerships with all kinds of corporations. Um, who is seeing this 
in court. Do, do you think we're going to win on this as people? Well, um, I have a, I have an opposition brief uh, uh, due on Monday, <laughs> and then I've got a court hearing on Tuesday in um, in Fort Worth, Texas, before uh, the judge, and we, uh, I guess, we'll all hear what uh, the judge has to say. And you know what I've told you here this morning is what I've basically told the judge. You know, which is look, uh, you, you know, you you the federal government wants to make it so that you can't sue for any harm. They're saying you have to get it. The whole point of the Freedom of Information Act, which is the statute being used to get it, is transparency. And it provides that the documents requested under FOIA should be provided promptly. You, you know, you can't let the FDA get away with produce, you know, with, with over 16,000 employees and a billion, six billion dollars of our money, our money, assign one person for only a week and a half every month. That is the height of authoritarianism. In my view, I agree. Aaron, thank you so much for this fight. We'll have you on next week after you um, after you've uh, met with the judge and been heard in court. I'd love to hear your thoughts afterwards. Um, So this is Aaron Siri. He is the civil rights attorney that is fighting for covid-19 vaccine transparency, which everyone on all sides of the aisle should be for this. I mean, it's what Joe Biden said. Are you going to take it if Donald Trump comes up with the uh, vaccine? Are you going to take it? He said, well, only with real transparency. Well, this is the transparency he said he wanted. This is what everyone should want, especially on a product. They're trying to jam down your throat, silence any questions and force you to take. Back in a minute. Thanks, Aaron. What are you planning on getting your kids and your grandkids for Christmas this year? Uh, I have a suggestion. It's a really good one. In fact, I, I think this is a must. The Tuttle Twins books. The Tuttle Twins books. Here's why. Our country is going through massive upheaval. The moral center is caving. The center isn't going to hold. Uh, and evil is attracted to an intellectual and moral vacuum. And real education has never, never been more important. But you're going to have to do it with your kids and your grandkids. Create the memories that they will always have on learning the lessons that explore how free markets work, how your kids can understand supply and demand and inflation, how government intervention affects the economy. All of these things, they don't get through osmosis. And in fact, they're learning the opposite. You've got to stand guard. And the way to do it with your kids, whether they're in high school or they're toddlers, TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get these books and curriculum for all the kids and teenagers in your life. Holiday discount of 40% off. Get the workbooks for free. Give your kids and your country the gift of liberty. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. On my way to Florida uh, today, this afternoon, I have a um, an interview with Donald Trump, a sit-down, our first sit-down, uh, and uh, it's going to air in January, and I'm going to try to focus, <laughs> emphasis on try, try to focus on the future and the things that he would do to fix. How do we fix it, especially if he has only four years to do it? How does he get and scoop out that deep state. That sounds like a smart 
focus. It seems like so much of the stuff around, especially around Trump, is always focused on the past. Like, what happened on January 6th? Yeah. And all, all. I want to know, honestly, I want to know uh, what he's going to do to make sure that he can. I mean, because he was surrounded by people in the deep state that just destroyed and he didn't fill the positions fast enough. And, you know, I've talked to him about it. He didn't fire people fast enough. And he should go in and clean house. I also want to know 6.8% uh, percent inflation. By the time we hit 2024, how hard is it going to be? What do you have to do to turn this around? How do you turn this economy? Yeah, because God only knows what a shape it's going to be by oh then. Oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, my gosh. Do you think this is, I mean, I it's pointless to even ask him this because he can't even answer it. But do you think he's running? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's running. We saw a poll yesterday, the Republican primary field. Uh, Donald Trump was in first place at 67%. And second place was Mike Pence with nine. And third was Ron DeSantis with yeah. eight. I think Ron DeSantis being the vice president would be good if they could if they could work together. Because then you could have effectively a three-term presidency um, because four years is not going to be enough to lock these things in just not um, it's trump's though if he wants it though right it is there's no it is absolutely it is his if he wants it and, and i, I, think I don't he think it. he's the type of guy that doesn't doesn't want, want it. It. i just don't i feel like he wants, <laughs> I don't he wants either yeah. i don't either yeah. all right more in just a second is the Glenn Beck program. No time like the present to get your financial house in order and the people in the know call American Financing to help them out. 10 minutes with American Financing can set you on a path towards saving hundreds of dollars a month, maybe even as much as $1,000 a month. American Financing, family-owned lending business that has been helping people just like you for over 20 years. Their team of salary-based consultants will walk you through a free mortgage review to see where you could possibly save money with something like mortgage refi or consolidation loans. American Financing, they are never going to give you some sort of um, upfront or hidden fees. No tricks, no gimmicks. They're just trying to work for you. Take 10 minutes out of your busy day and pick up the phone. Give them a call. It will be worth it. American Financing at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Or go to AmericanFinancing.net. All right. You sick, twisted freak. We have uh, both nerdly. And more with Jim Jordan coming up in just a second. Stand by. Welcome to the program. Oh my gosh, is the press freaking out? The press is absolutely freaking out. Uh, and I just, I saw another sign. I read just a story just a few minutes ago. I saw a story about the Jesse Smollett thing from CNN that I think shows they are, they know they're doomed. They know they're over. 
And I want to talk to you about that just a little bit uh, coming up if we have time this hour, because we also have Jim Jordan and we have both Snurdly and uh, an update on uh, the economy. Oh, you're going to love coming up in just a second. Wow. So inflation is now officially at 6.8%. Look that up on shadow stats. Will you look up what that would be in uh, 19 if we if we reviewed it the way we did in the 1990s and then again if we did it in uh, the 1980s. We've changed the formula. So 6.8% probably is about 14, 13% maybe uh, the way we did it uh, in the past. You know that because you're paying for groceries uh, and meat. I hate I want you to know. The White House director of National Economic Council, Brian Deese, he is finally on the meat thing. And he came out yesterday with a statement. And it's fascinating. I don't think you've heard this anywhere else. Listen to what he says about why meat prices are so high. When you look at most of the um, the increase in uh, food costs, you can isolate a significant portion of that to um, uh, meat, uh, beef, pork, and chicken in particular. Mm. Those are very concentrated industries right. where a small number of meat processors control um, the, uh, the industry. And so what you've seen is prices for the, the farmers uh, go up, prices for consumers go up, um, and... Uh, um, and uh, and profits for the meat processing uh, I, uh, companies in the middle um, uh, um, go up. Um, and that's an issue of concern and one that we have focused on both from an antitrust perspective, but also uh-huh. investing uh-huh. in helping competitors get into that market. Really? Uh, that's fascinating, Brian, because none of that stuff is happening. Um, and it's good that you uh, um, 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 now um, 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 know that um, 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 what the problem is um, 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 with meat prices This is something we talked about last year. And if you were serious, if you were serious, you would have already been been uh, taking the meat industry to task. You would have already been taking those four big corporations, but you're not. And you know why? Because of global warming and your green agenda. That's why you are trying to kill the meat market. We're not going to be eating meat and you're going to thank them for it. That's what they believe. So, um, 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 don't believe anything that they're said that what he just said, I told you a year ago, what he just said, I'm a rancher. I, I watch the price of beef and I watch what a price of a, of, of, of a, um, a side of beef goes for. How much can I take my cow for and sell at auction? I know who's buying. It's those four big meat processors. If they decide they're not going to bid high, they're not going to. We can't make any money. It costs us money to grow the beef. They're trying to put them all out of business. And the federal government, I believe, is part of it. That's why you're paying so much for hamburger. I'm sorry, I got sidetracked. I want to tell you about uh, our sponsor. It is Omaha Steaks, which is, I mean, this is the best meat you can you can buy. Right now, 50% off when you order the perfect gift package. 50% off. Meat is, I mean, five steaks. I tried to buy five steaks the other day, and I put it right back into the deal. When I looked at the price, it was $80 for five steaks at Costco. 
80. So here's what you have. 50% off the best pieces of meat you can find. 99.99. You're going to get the world famous bacon wrapped filet mignons. You can cut these with a fork. Chicken breast, jumbo franks, sides, desserts, and so much more. Offer code BECK. Save over 50%, but you're also going to get eight additional Omaha Steak Burgers for free. Omaha Steak, ready to ship right now. Guys like meat. Great price on the best meat available. It's omahasteaks.com, keyword Beck. Put it in the search bar. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. I take my meat seriously, and I take the raising of cattle seriously, and it is driving me out of my mind how this government is sabotaging everything, absolutely everything that allows us to stand on our own. They are crippling farmers. They're crippling the meat industry, not the butchering industry, the meat growing industry. They're crippling all of our farmers. They're crippling anybody who has a family business and wants to pass it on. They're crippling everything, everything. And it is intentional. What was I going to talk about here? Let's talk about something good. Do you have anything good? Stu, you have anything happy? Anything? You can't just spring something like that on me. I need to take months and months to research it. Okay. All right. We do have Bo Snerdly. And look, you're going to get kind of uh, two podcasts this week. Uh, Bo Snerdly is going to be the Friday exclusive for Blaze TV subscribers only today at five. What do you? I don't know. I just keep getting. I I know it's going to be on YouTube on Sunday. Yeah, on Sunday it's going to be on YouTube, but it's available for Blaze TV subscribers. That's awesome. You like should them. be a Blaze TV subscriber. Yes, you could. How uh, would you do something oh like that? God. Is there a way to so do it? You're, I have the hardest day right now. I'm having the hardest day. And what are you doing? You're just. I'm just it. curious, as if oh if God. is it possible for blazetv.com slash Glenn use the promo code Glenn and get some sort of a discount? How's that? Buy some socks. <laughs> so both nerdly, <laughs> both. Sorry, this is an inside joke. Mm. Somebody is overachiever in the sock business and is telling us all the time, we got to talk about the new Blaze TV socks. And uh, we're like, okay, yeah, we got it. We got a lot of important things to talk about. Got to talk about the socks. Got to talk about the Buy the socks. You can get them at, what's the, what is it? Blaze socks? BlazeSocks.com. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. good. Yeah, I did Pro- it. There, Pro- I did it. I did it. And the promo code is nothing. You get right. no discount. But they're great you, socks. You will pay for 100% They have Joe the Biden's cost. butt and a little poop emoji. I don't know if it's Joe Biden's butt. It is a butt. Yeah, it's probably too firm to be his butt. It does seem uh, to be. His would be much more wrinkly. Yeah, that's just, Mm -hmm. I guess, that is just in salute of his trip to see the Pope. I don't know. I don't make the socks. But you can get the Go Brandon socks now. Okay. So, Bo Snerdly, you're going to get two podcasts uh, this weekend um, because Bo Snerdly is a legendary producer uh, with... um, with Rush Limbaugh forever. I don't know any casual listeners of Rush Limbaugh. I don't know if you know that Bo, Bo Snerdly is black. And that's not his real name. Uh, I would have liked to talk to him a little bit about, you know, the things, you know, he, he's been really raked through the coals because you're a solo. You work for Rush Limbaugh, but he worked for him since the beginning. Uh, you're going to get that tonight on Blaze TV and then tomorrow on the podcast and it's already up at Blaze TV. Tomorrow, wherever you get your podcast, 
you'll be able to see the interview with uh, Jim Jordan. But they both say something really interesting, and I, I want to spend some time on this uh, here. First, um, let's take let's take cut eight here from Bo Snurdly talking about the Medal of Freedom. I was there the night Rush got the Medal of Freedom, and Rush and I didn't know each other. We met each other once at a friend's mutual friend's um, wedding. Um, and I was, I'm never one to, um, I just, I'm just not one to, you know, call people up and go, Hey, Rush, I'm in town. I want to, um, you know, especially somebody like, like Rush. Um, uh, but when I, when I did see him and when I, uh, saw him that night, um, I don't know if he knew that was coming. Did he, was that a surprise to him? I know he had been at the White House. And what was that like when he came home? Well, we didn't see him when he came home for a few days because this happened the first day he had made the announcement that he had advanced lung cancer. He immediately left after the show that day to go to treatment. That night is when all of this happened. Hmm. He was supposed to be going to treatment. And so following that, he had to rush back up to Boston where he was being treated and um, and we and resume and get started with the treatment. So we didn't see him until about a week later, when when he had when he finally came back in. And, and a week later, guess what? He wasn't even interested in discussing it that much. We took one call on it toward the end of the show. He wanted to dive right back into the news mm-hmm. of the day, do the kind of show that he always did. I talked to him about the last couple of broadcasts. Here, what here's what Bo said. His last few days, you were there with him. Tell me about that. Didn't know it was going to be the last few days. We didn't. I mean, Russia's bucket list was his audience. And so every, Glenn, every single day that he could be there, that he wasn't in treatment, that he wasn't suffering from the effects of treatment, he came to work. And when the mic went on, I, I'm telling you, you would not even think the man was was fighting any kind of an illness because yeah. he had the same upbeat, uh, the same upbeat presentation. He was just as witty as ever, was prepared as ever. It was only afterwards, Glenn, when when there were days he couldn't, he could barely get out of the chair after doing his show. Um, in fact, one day he had to have someone come in and help him because he couldn't even hold his attache case. He was so weak and it had taken everything out of him to do those three hours. But all of those days, you would not be able to tell that any, anything was wrong with him. And we didn't know that his last show was his last show. It was, then he just spiraled down really quickly, apparently after that. And that was, and then just didn't come back. He worked until the very end. And let me just stop for a moment and thank not only our audience, but it's also your audience, Glenn. Mm-hmm. It's all of our audience. Mm-hmm. Do you realize the audience that, that, that talk radio, all of you, all of us, appeal to, gave so many millions and millions and millions of dollars to fight things like leukemia. Mm-hmm. Those diseases don't have any political agenda. They strike people from babies to the elderly. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the money that was raised to help the families of fallen first responders, the money that's raised every year to help needy children and needy families during the holiday season. All of these things happen on a regular basis because all of you and, and Russ leading the way cultivated an audience that was among the most generous yep. human that the world has ever seen, and they don't get thanked for it. I agree. I, I agree with that 100, 100%. There's no one that can replace, and I don't mean the time slot or anything, there's just no one in that category. And I look at, you know, our graduating class now that's in charge, and I think none, none of us are, I mean, uh, the next one will come, but none of us are in that category. The next one will come. It may not even be on radio, but the next one is already here, Glenn. Look, I've look, Glenn. Don't discount the impact that you've had. Um, I watched you do something that I've never, I had never seen anybody do before, which was teach civics on television and make it freaking interesting <laughs> to watch. Okay, mm -hmm. I mean, I was like, whoa. Who is this guy? And you did it. And, and, and so we all have our special gifts, our yes. special skills. And so we don't have to have the next one of him. Yeah. We have you. We yeah. have other, and, and the young crew coming up, boy, these young conservatives that have yeah. been inspired by this generation of talk radio hosts, look out world. Most nerdly, you do not want to miss uh, this Friday night um, exclusive. You can find it right now on Blaze TV or at five o'clock tonight on Blaze TV. Uh, and it'll it'll be there. And I think on Sunday it goes to YouTube, but also Jim Jordan. That is that is an hour with Jim Jordan, which I think is one of the best hours um, of what we have to do to turn all of this around. We're going to give you some clips of that coming up in just a second, but that is already out on the blaze for our podcast and it'll be out on the Saturday podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Legacy box. Here's the great thing about legacy box. You can buy the box right now and they're having a great sale right now. You get the box and you uh, can just wrap the box empty and put it under a tree and it is the box itself. You've already paid for it. And you give it to them and they say, oh, it's an empty box. You say, no, it's a legacy box. Uh, all you have to do is go through all of the pictures and maybe we can do that this week, you know, Christmas week. We're going to put all the pictures we want. We're going to put them into this box and we're going to send them off to legacy. Legacy box is going to scan all of them. They're going to get perfect reproductions and digitize everything. The film, the audio tapes, whatever you have. The pictures, they are fading. They are going to go away. And we're going to digitize all of them. And it's a fun family thing to do. And Legacy Box is there. And you can do it over the holidays. You can do it a year from now and send in the Legacy Box. Find out right now the best Christmas gift, how you can get it. Take advantage of the exclusive discount if you go to LegacyBox.com slash Beck. Exclusive offer right now. Best Christmas gift. LegacyBox.com slash Beck. 10 seconds. Station ID. Wow. 
key U.S. inflation measure hit 39-year high. I knew we could do it. Yes. If we, we would just it. get him in, I knew we could hit all-time highs. And uh, thank you, Joe Biden. By the way, you asked what the inflation rate would be under mm-hmm. 1990 levels, according it's, to ShadowStats.com. It's 6.9 now, the way we officially tabulate it under this administration. Right. So the 1990 measure would have it at 10%, a little over, 103 the 1980 measure would have it at about 15%, which yeah. is about what it was at the peak of the badness, the, the, uh, the, <laughs> the end of Carter, beginning of Reagan, right. that, that, that so time. All this means is we change, we take things out that we look at and say, what are staples? What are the things people need to have? And then we put them in a basket and then we do the price. Well, we keep changing that and we take things out of that basket. Like, do we really need meat in that basket? I don't think we need meat in that basket. Um, I don't know what we've taken out, but we constantly are changing it. And it always works in the government's favor. Uh, But you're looking if we would do it the way we did it under Carter and Reagan, you're looking at the same rate of inflation when it was at its worst. And we are just beginning so we got that going for us. Oh, and just like Jimmy Carter, when it was cold, uh, Jimmy Carter said, Americans just need to learn to put a sweater on. Put a sweater on. That's what you do. Don't worry about the oil price. Just put a sweater on. So I hope you give somebody a sweater. If you can get it, if the stores have them available, or if your store hasn't been looted, uh, if your store has any employees that have decided to come to work and are not just living off the government dole, just wear a sweater. That's all you have to do. And thank your lucky stars for Joe Biden and his team. Right? Mm, yeah. Fancy. Yeah. He's done a great job so far. He has. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I Go ahead. Uh, do you want the uh, this abortion update that just came down from the Supreme Court? I love abortion yeah. updates. Do we have any abortion updates? <laughs> themes think. or anything? I think there's a musical interlude that ties to the abortion yeah, upla- update. So this is not the Mississippi case that was that was decided uh, or, you know, was argued recently that is the kind of the big challenge to roe versus wade this was the texas law they have a ruling that just came out uh, and this is not the supreme court saying whether they think the texas law is constitutional or anything like that they had two things to decide basically can the people who don't like the texas law challenge it in court and in the meantime will the law remain in place Okay. So what happened was, yes, they can challenge it in court. Yes. And yes, it will remain in place for the time being. Yay. So just so that's a, good. It's an important uh, update. It, it is probably it's, less kids being aborted yeah. for the time being. Uh, I think that just take them across state lines. Um, the uh, the interesting thing here is that uh, this is really this is a nice little effort. But the real effort is is happening with the case that was just argued in in court. Uh, and that will dramatically change things. I, I spoke on Studios America last night. I spoke to uh, the woman, the woman who wrote the bill. You know, all, all the reaction to the Supreme Court oral arguments were like, how can a man have an opinion on abortion and mansplain <laughs> to these female attorneys right. what's right about a woman's right to choose? Well, a female nurse wrote the bill. So I don't know if you happen to know that, but it's true. What'd and she say? She's really interesting. She uh, she saw it with her own eyes. I mean, she worked in in uh, delivery rooms and saw with her own eyes. You know, kids born at fourteen weeks struggling to survive. Jeez. Um, you know, she went through all of it, and this is one of the things that motivated her to write the bill. 
and um, she, you know, strongly believes that, you know, life begins at conception, but says also like, okay, this is a, if you, if, I mean, if you want to come up with some sort of rational line to allow some of this, that's why she pushed it to 15 weeks. Now, um, Texas has pushed it to six. The, uh, the obvious choice here is zero weeks, uh, which I think is possible if they do overturn Roe versus Wade in some states. But as you point out, they can cross state lines. They can get abortion pills through the mail. We have to just keep working to change people's minds on this because that's that's where this really ends eventually. Yeah. it. You watch the extreme on the left, New York, California, Massachusetts, Illinois. They are going to kill them after birth if Roe versus Wade is overturned. Mark my words. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right. Why don't you take a minute just to consider something. How many times a day do you get on the Internet? How many times? All of that time reaching down uh, for your phone. All that time sitting in front of the computer. You're on the Internet. What, all day long? Take your phone out of your pocket. Checking with Twitter, entertainment online. list goes on and on. A lot of time spent online, and the reason why I bring this up is because there is somebody on the other end trying to mine the information from you and steal your identity, rob you blind. And it goes beyond big tech. These are guys who are just sitting in some, you know, Russian basement someplace uh, trying to steal what's yours. And they don't care. Nobody can prevent all these guys from doing any of this stuff. Uh, And nobody can monitor all transactions at all businesses. But you can't do what you have to do. You can't do it yourself. LifeLock by Norton is the Rolls Royce in this category. Right now, save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Promo code BECK for 25% off. Do it now. And if you want to get Let's Go Brandon Socks, the perfect stocking stuffer, go I to love those. blazesocks.com. Blazesocks.com? Right now, pay 100%. <laughs> you are such Jason Patrill is with us. He is uh, wearing a tie, which makes me uncomfortable. Really uncomfortable. <laughs> really uncomfortable. He looks like an adult. Jason is our uh, head writer, uh, foreign affairs uh, guy, and chief researcher for uh, the Glenn Beck program, and uh, is wearing a tie because I told him, I don't care if you have to go borrow a clip-on tie. <laughs> mm-hmm. You have to have a tie. We're going to go speak to the president today. I looked everywhere for sleeveless suits, and, and you they could don't not have find them. them. No, or instead of a coat, like a biker vest yeah. or something like that. Yeah, they don't find them. Uh, I think that's uh, supply chain issues. Yeah. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah. They're all off the coast. Of I was LA. doubting my country for a little f- bit. <laughs> is this the first president you've ever met? Yeah, yeah, very first one. I, I've, I saw cool. Bush. I've seen Bush when he came yeah, to my yeah. college. Yeah, but that was that's it. First president uh, I ever spoke to. I did an interview with uh, Ronald Reagan. And I had to be crazy. 22, maybe, at the time. Thinking this is going to happen all the time. And then, <laughs> yeah. then there's a nice long gap. No, I didn't think it would ever happen again. Oh, really? I really didn't think you, it would ever happen You knew happen it was again. a big deal. Oh, yeah. Knew it was a huge deal. I sat in my desk at my desk in the pr- production room because he was calling in the afternoon. And I waited. And I had the producer check that line, check that line, make sure. It can, I, can I hear you? Can you hear me? Let's get it right because... It's the president of the United States. And I waited away. I was just sat in that production room an hour early, just waiting and staring at that line. And when it went off, pick it up. Mr. Beck. Yes. Please hold for the president. Uh, and it, that, that when you hear that, that there's just nothing like that. Mm. It is the coolest thing. Um, we uh, when you were probably 20, we went up 
and met with George H.W. Bush. Yes, at Kennebunkport. Yeah. At his place in Kennebunkport to and do an interview. It was, it was at a time oh. when technology was changing and we were going from tape to digital and I don't remember where we were, but we were. Oh, I'm having flashbacks from. This oh my thing. gosh, we were so freaked out because we had never used any equipment like this before. Yeah, when when they told us we were trying to get this interview, it was something. I think it was about September 11th. Yeah, maybe it was. I think one year anniversary. And we really wanted to get this interview. And we, when they said, okay, you know, you can go up there and get the interview, we had like n- no window to get from New York to. Yeah to maine with the exception of one train there was like one train that if we made there wasn't even a flight that we could do it and get there on time so we had to take a train up to was it boston or I boston and then drive to penny buck it was the first time do you remember this mm-hmm. it was the first time either of us had seen gps in a car <laughs> that's right <Okay? laughs> yes it had the hertz rental car you remember those old yeah. big yeah. awkward yeah. and if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have made it. We wouldn't it. have made it. We wouldn't have made it. So, because it was in the middle of the night and very foggy, and we were like, we don't have any idea where we are. So we're like, Thank okay, because we're not doing it in a studio. We're doing it at the guy's house. So they say, okay, um, we're like, how are we going to record this? So we have an hour to go to our, you know, places, get our stuff for this trip we didn't know was coming, and at the same time, our engineer ran all across new york to find something to record this interview with because we didn't have anything ready to go they gave us back two different ways to record it where we're both digital i had never used either one of them i had no idea how they worked and they were in the boxes so we didn't even get a chance to test them and so we take the train up there we go through all the prep and and everything and get to the hotel at like midnight and the interview is in the in the morning um and so i have to stay up i stayed up all All night. night reading the manuals trying to figure out how to work this stuff, getting it all pre-set up because, you know, we didn't have enough time to set everything up from scratch. Everything's set up on my bed. And then, like, I had to, like, sleep on the floor for a half an hour afterwards when I was finally done. And I I, obs- I will tell you, I've never been more obsessive about anything. I checked. All during the interview, I kept looking over the president's oh. shoulder like, you got this, right? right. I mean, it's recording, it's, it, right? And he would look at me and put his hands up, kind of like, I don't know. I think so. Oh, it was terrifying. But I, mean, I tested it a thousand times yeah, that yeah. night, over and over and over and over again. And I'm like, okay, I, I can never be sure, but I, this is as sure as I could possibly be. We went there, recorded the entire thing, got home to New York. I opened it up, played it back. One of the two things did not work. We got nothing on it. Nothing. Was that the first one we listened to? I maybe, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, good oh, God!" Oh my and then the second God. one, oh, no. <laughs> second one was there perfectly. But yeah. the first one, it literally, I, and though it was literally one of the str- most stressful things that's ever happened to me in my entire yeah, life. I don't think Stu even no processed that he was with the president. Yeah, I didn't enjoy you know it. I, mean? I don't even know what he said. Yeah, like, I, <laughs> he was just like, "I, I, 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 I." Was, uh, I think I, I think he almost went to the hospital after that one. That was it. Yeah. Was very, very. It's the most stressful thing that's ever happened in Kennebunkport. Yeah. <laughs> Since then, yeah. no, there's been no stress in Kennebunkport. Then George W. Bush, I went in, couldn't have any cameras or record anything or write or, or even take notes. And he yelled for about an hour. Uh, and then uh, I was thinking, we're going to Mar-a-Lago today. The last time I was at Mar-a-Lago, Trump just called me up and he was like, hey, you're doing uh, one of your tours. And I said, yeah. And he's like, you're uh, in my neighborhood. And I'm like, OK. And he's like, where are you staying? I said, I don't know. And he said, nah, you're staying at Mar-a-Lago. And so he put me up with my wife at Mar-a-Lago for the night. And it was bizarre. Yeah. Mar-a-Lago is amazingly beautiful, but it's also, it's from a, an air, it's an American castle. 
Yeah, yeah. And so it's like you've, you know, it's like staying at the Biltmore Estate or something. Mm. It's really, really different. Uh, it's and, amazing, right? I mean, it, oh, it's amazing. But it's amazing. I, but it's it's like not a house. It's not he, like, hey, or, come on over and just uh, hop on the couch. We'll watch, some, right? You know, watch some football or something. No, it's not. It's weird. You know, you know when your wife puts those chairs that are too cool or pretty to sit in. Yeah. That's the entire place. Yeah, right. I, I just stood there. It is. I, like, <laughs> it, it, it's, it is. It is like because my mom used to always say, "Don't use those towels. Those are her right, company right, right, comes right. over." Yeah. That's the whole <laughs> place. Okay? That's the whole place. Uh, so, what are you going to talk to him about? Do you? I mean, uh, how well do you have this thought out? Oh, really well thought out. I mean, I know you've prepped, but you also prep for every speech I've ever seen, and then you usually like go off plan when it comes down to it. Probably do that as well. I'm terrified of this plane ride over because everything we've prepped is going out. Probably he'll probably roll the window down. Oh, yeah, been, and throw the out. Staff <laughs> has been doing research and everything else, and <laughs> they're like, and I keep saying they're like, you want to meet on this, and I'm like, no, nah, we'll do it on the plane. We'll be fine. And uh, and and everybody knows he, he's gonna he's gonna throw it all out. Mm-hmm. Our EP's go. face was white. She was like, uh, <laughs> that's not the way this works. <laughs> she's like, not what? used to that yet. Yeah, right. yeah, she's not used to that yet. So what are you going to focus on? Uh, the future. This, this, this interview is uh, for January. It'll be, it'll be airing on The Blaze in January. And I want to focus purely on the economy, gas prices, China, uh, Ukraine, um, the uh, the inflation and the printing of money. Here's a guy who had pretty much all of that under control, all of that under control. How how much damage is going to be done in the next three years? What do the Republicans need to do in 2022? What do they not need to say? What do they need to do if they win the House and the Senate? How can they dismantle it? And what if he runs for president, which he's going to, if he runs for president, what, how do you fix this and how long would it take to return to some sort of normalcy in the economy and the jobs and everything else? Hmm. I can't, I can't wait to see what he says about Ukraine. I, I cannot wait. It's just so current right now. You know, he's got to be living. I saw Swalwell tweeting yesterday that he's like, what do you expect when for four years our president was playing footsie with uh, Russia? I'm like... He sanctioned Nord Stream 2. He, he sent did, them weapons. He did more about? stuff against uh, Russia than Obama did, and certainly more than Joe Biden is doing. Joe Biden just gave them the candy store. Yeah, Russia invaded Crimea under Obama. If, <laughs> if Donald Trump would have done what Joe Biden has done in the last, what, nine months, if he would have done it, you wouldn't have been able to convince me that there wasn't Russian collusion. I would have looked at that and said, come on, he's playing for something. This guy is giving them the whole store, helping them out. And the only thing I can think of is he's just trying to destroy America. He's not getting anything out of this. His son might be getting something out of it for him, but I don't know about that. Um, But he's just doing it because it's destroying us. It is going to put us in the worst situation. At some level, you just have to just dismiss the absurdity, right? It's like, you're telling me the party of Ronald Reagan is the one who likes Russia. 
Like, I, I don't even understand what, where did this come from? Well, he from? wanted to build a hotel there, you know. Yeah, he wanted to build a <laughs> hotel everywhere. Yeah, Always. he'd build a hotel everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. That's, uh, that's not a surprise, I don't think. He's an international businessman. Yeah. He, uh, he, has, uh, he has some aspirations in all sorts of markets all around the world. That doesn't mean uh, that's going to guide his policy. And, and you look at the difference between just Obama, forget even Biden, who's obviously a complete joke. But I mean, you know, even with Obama, Obama's policies were much lighter on Russia than oh, Trump's yeah. were. Oh, the reset, reset button. button. Yeah. yeah, the reset button. I mean, you know, Trump at times said things that were not tough talk about Putin. And people keep will judge him solely on that. Look at the policies implemented while he was in I office. I think the only president that Vladimir Putin would respect would have been Ronald Reagan because Putin would have known this guy knows how to communicate to the American people. He knows how to win the um, the PR war uh, and he's no dummy on this. He actually believes something. I think Putin would have had a hard time with Ronald Reagan. And the only other one is is Donald Trump, because Donald Trump, he knows the game Putin is playing. He knows it. He knows it. Uh, And he he knows that Putin is really a businessman. He's not running the country. He's a businessman Uh, and he's running everything to be able to protect him. How does a guy go from a, a KGB colonel? To one of the richest men in the world. Answer. You're an oligarch. You're running the com- the country and taking a piece of everybody's profit. Uh, and you're selling out. And the one thing about Donald Trump, he knows how the game is played. Uh, and he's just not willing to play it. I don't think he's just willing to play it. He's it's going to be an interesting interview today. And I'm anxious to see what his mood is as well. And I'm doing it, I think, in his ballroom. Yeah. Every house has to have a ballroom, you know. Uh, but um, It's interesting because, you know, this, you know, it, it, I believe he's going to run for president. You believe it as well. Uh, Jason, are you on that bandwagon as well? You think he's going to run? I think he's chomping at the bit. Yeah. And that's, I think, what's interesting about this is there's a, there's a scenario where, you know, we are coming out of a pandemic. Things maybe naturally improve. You know, the treatments get better. People are back to work. The economy swings back. And what world do you live in with the Democrats doing this? No, I'm just saying that like that, that, like that was a possibility of just pure luck from Biden on timing. Right. Yeah. yeah he gets yeah, into yeah. the presidency and things are turning around naturally. And it's a difficult road for a challenger. The exact opposite has happened. I mean, this is, there could not be a better road for Donald Trump to return to the White House than Joe Biden's first year. Yes. I yeah. mean, and, 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 you know, you, you have and to it's only going to get worse. It is. It's only going to get worse. And I'll tell you, I I talked to Jim Jordan and I said, you know, if Donald Trump gets in. Is are the is the GOP actually going to do anything? I said, because everybody always says, oh, we you know, we get rid of Roe versus Wade, but you got to give us the House, the Senate and the White House. And then you do nothing when you have all three. And it's weird because now you've lost all three. And this might be the time that (laughs) that's reversed. Supreme Court Um, is a lagging indicator, apparently. And I said, you know, the president not only has his enemies outside, but inside the Republican Party. Are you guys going to stand enough to be able to go? Yeah. Everybody at the State Department, you're fired. Get out. You gonna be able to handle that? You're all gonna walk in a lockstep. I'll play uh, Jim Jordan's answer here coming up in just a second. Car Shield. So, 
Uh, I don't know if you know this, but you can't go to Pet Boys uh, anymore and fix a large part of your car. <laughs> Uh, I've never been able to, uh, but with the way prices are, if I could change things in my car, you know, change your air filter or whatever, I do that. I, you can't even open the engine of your car most in, in most cars now. Uh, and it's getting more and more expensive. Talking to the guy who used to run Toyota, he said, I think it was 80% more chips in the new Toyotas than the ones before COVID. 80% more chips going to cost a fortune if it goes wrong and you're out of warranty please get car shield it's the best defense against costly repairs that could put a deep freeze on your plans and your finances visit carshield.com slash beck save 10 percent right now get covered carshield.com slash beck deductible may apply Boy, CNN is just becoming so incredibly desperate. Um, their empire, and it's not just CNN, it's the entire corporate media structure is burning itself to the ground. Um, their latest ta- attack on CNN, uh, or from CNN, uh, and here's their take on how Sean Hannity and right-wing media personalities are using Smollett verdict to attack the media. The tactic is dishonest, CNN writes, yet simple. Take an actual act of deception, in this case, one that was perpetrated by an actor and covered heavily by the press, and then use it to suggest that anything reported by mainstream sources cannot be trusted. Everything is a hoax. First of all, first first paragraph, okay? Take an actual act of deception, in this case, one perpetrated by an actor, yes, and one not covered heavily by the press, but one that was said was true by the press and they became activists about that hoax then suggest that anything be reported by mainstream sources can't be trusted because did you apologize are you going back to all of the people i.e joe biden and uh and kamala harris and ask what do you have to say about this this was a hoax no propagandists know that their power increases. Now listen to that. So they're talking about how this is a dishonest, dishonest tactic by uh, Sean Hannity and, and the right uh, media. But in their second paragraph, the first word is propagandists. So they are now taking everybody on the right and calling them a propagandist. Mm. They know their power increases substantially when they can convince their audiences not to trust other sources of information. So in other words, like what you have done to me and others our entire career, how you have taken everything that we have done either out of context, called it a hoax, when it hasn't been a hoax. I am, according to the New York Times, a conspiracy theorist. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. But you're using that tactic to discredit. They are now trying to turn the tables. They're exposing their own game by defending themselves. That game is almost over now. This is the Glenn Beck program. You know, when I when I go up to the uh, farm, I uh, we start a fire at night and we sit around on the fire. And it's an interesting thing because you talk about deep things when you're sitting around a fire you stop talking about all the other crap. Eventually, that just kind of fades, and you start talking about deeper things. 
our country needs to get back to this thing. We need to get around the fire again. That's why I want to talk to you about My Fireside. This is a company that makes the best fire pits. They're made from 100% heavy-duty stainless steel, solid and durable. They come with three different stock decorative panels. You can choose things like 1776 or God Bless America, the American flag, or Let's Go Brandon, whatever. You can customize panels if you want. But the important thing is they are really really great made here in america and three percent of all the sales go to semper fi and america's fund give your family the best gift you have to give them some of your time sitting around talking about things that are real go to myfireside.com and receive a hundred dollars off free shipping if you use the discount code beck that's myfireside.com hundred bucks off right now and free shipping promo code beck myfireside.com You know, the one thing the left has had going for it is it has been good storytellers. They know how to tell a good story, and we generally have not. Things have changed a great deal. We're getting better at uh, telling stories, and we have a few storytellers that are remarkable who have already been doing it. Now some of their movies or some of their books are being made into feature films. One of those authors is with us. He's the number one New York Times bestselling author of 43 novels, 35 million copies of uh, his books in print, not just nationally, but worldwide. We join him with his latest story in 60 seconds. First, let me tell you about a note I got from Rochelle. She lives in Indiana, and she said, Glenn, I am shocked. Our 11-year-old dog is very picky. He's always had to have his food topped with leftovers. Even then, usually leave a handful of kibble in the bowl. But when I put a spoonful of rough greens straight into her dry dog food, she eats every last crumb. When my first bag arrived, I opened it up and I thought, no way she's going to eat this green powder. I know I thought the same thing. Happy to say I was totally wrong. Thank you for feeding time being a much happier experience at our house. Rochelle, thanks. It does make a difference, and it does look like she's never going to eat that. Get a free bag of Rough Greens right now just to see if your dog will eat that. If they do, it really changes everything. And not just that they are willing to eat everything, but the the supplement, the, all of the vitamins and minerals and probiotics that are in this actually change them and make them much more healthy. You will see a difference in your dog over time. All you pay for is shipping right now with a free bag of Rough Greens at roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck or call the special number for this free bag, 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLEN, G-L-E-N-N, 33. Number one, New York Times bestselling author, 43 novels with more than 35 million copies of his books in print. He is also the author of the international bestselling uh, series, Michael Vay, which he published with uh, me and Mercury. Eight of his books have been turned into movies. 
His first feature film is releasing in 2022, starring Justin Hartley of This Is Us. Uh, and he is also the founder and chairman of the Christmas Box International, an organization that helps and shelters abused, traffic, and neglected children. Over 125,000 children have been served by the Christmas Box uh, organization, and he is married to an amazing woman named Carrie, who I think is a better person than he is, but that's just my opinion. Richard Paul Evans, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? That's why Carrie loves you so much. I, I know, I know. Uh, so, uh, Richard, you have a, a new book out called The Christmas Promise, and I just read, and if I could, I just want to read what's on the, you know, on the, on the leaf here on the book. On the night of her high school graduation, Rochelle Bach's father gives her and her identical twin sister, Michelle, matching opal necklaces. These opals look identical, he tells them, but the fire inside each is completely unique, just like the two of you. Indeed, the two sisters couldn't be more different and their paths diverge as they embark on adulthood. Years pass until their father's at their father's behest. They both come home for Christmas. What happens then forever damages their relationship. And Rochelle vows to never see or speak to her sister again. In, in their father's last days, he asked Rochelle to forgive Michelle, a deathbed promise which she never fulfills as her twin is killed in an accident. Wow. Uh, that I mean, a it sounds like a great uh, opening of a story and a great plot for a story. You want to go into it any any more without giving it away? Yeah, well, it actually is based on the story of the prodigal son, and so I wanted to tell a story from the older brother's perspective. Hold on, just a second. Old... Hold on, just a second. You sound you are you still do you still have walking pneumonia? I do. Sit down, and then it'll be just plain pneumonia. Are you, um, how are you feeling? Um, not, not too great. Oh, my gosh. So much honey water. So. We could have rescheduled this interview, Richard. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I would never I would never leave you in that. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm sorry. All right. Well, you sit down and whatever you can do, let's do. Well, hopefully I don't sound ridiculous, but I, I am so excited about this book. And it's, it's, it just hit all the nation's bestseller list, USA Today, New York Times, and Publishers Weekly. And um, I had a movie producer call me and then tell me that he uh, has already read it twice. And this is his number one goal is to get it produced. But most important, I wanted a book that at this time in our country that people would have something warm. You know, the book is about compassion. It's about It's about not judging each other and it's about loving each other for the wow. fire that's within um do you watch do you watch, watch the hallmark channel sometimes yeah so i watch it and i only i've i've actually never been a fan because it's so obvious the way all those stories are going to end but i i actually watch it with my wife in a fun way but but it is they're always i don't know christmas is supposed to be a renewal of hope and as cheesy as some of those movies are, there is something special about Christmas that allows you to start all over again. Is that why you keep coming back to Christmas in a lot of your novels? It is. I mean, they say to dance with who brung you to the dance. And my first book was The Christmas Box. Right. And I spent years trying to get away from that. I didn't want to be typecast as a Christmas author. Even though, I mean, the New York Times called me the king of Christmas fiction. So I was kind of stuck. Huh. And I tried to get away from it. And I thought, why? Christmas is a time of redemption. It's a time of love. It's a time when society comes together. And why not? Why not embrace it? 
you are uh, you have a fascinating life. I wish I could live your life in so in in many ways. You travel all over the world um, as you're doing research for your books. I know Michael uh, Michael Vay. You traveled all over. You speak um, Mandarin, don't you? Yes, I got to go back to Taiwan, and oh my gosh, Glenn, it was just like it was just like I wrote it in the book. It's like this is it was like it really existed. But the only way to really get the feel is to go there. Um, so, but Glenn, you're the life I'd like to have. No one dreams as big as you. Yeah. Um, so are, are we ever going to talk about my son who read every single uh, Michael Vay book? We read them together. I think if you're looking for a Christmas gift, uh, you know, for your family to uh, to read, I mean, obviously, The Christmas Promise is his book. But if you've never read the series uh, that Richard wrote, uh, Michael Vay, it is great. And we started reading him. I think Rafe was probably seven or eight. He just said to me the other day, I said, I'm trying to convince uh, uh, Richard Paul Evans to write another uh, group of books on Michael Vay. He said, you're kidding me. He's 17 and he stills, you're kidding me. Really? When's that going to happen? I said, I don't know. I, you know, I am hoping that he's going to want to do another one. Glenn, Glenn, when, um, in the midst of this, when I came down with pneumonia, we, I went to a hotel to get away from my family and I'm checking in and this, the lady at the counter, young lady, she looked up, looked at my name. She goes, are you a writer? And I go, yes. She goes, did you write Michael Vay? Mm. And I said, yes, she goes, I, I love those books. Yeah. And she, she had the cutest smile on her face. Yeah, they're really, they're great. That's a great series. Um, Richard, um, I want to talk to you about something else that you're, uh, uh, that you're doing, but we'll save that for um, next year because something has happened and it just drives me out of my mind. And, and uh, I want Richard to tell you the story of that, but maybe we'll do that uh, next year. I know the, uh, the, the Christmas Promise um, or the Christmas Box organization uh, has, has been helping and you do so much. What are you doing this season? Is there anything that our audience might want to get involved in? Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, we're providing Christmas for 3,000 abused children. And I love this organization. You know, we are hands-on with these kids, and we've struggled with COVID. And, I mean, we take the kids 24-7. So if they go to the christmasbox.org, just the christmasbox.org, or look at the Christmas Box house, and um, I'm just really proud. More than 80% of everything that comes in goes right to the kids. And we provide, uh, we've provided millions of dollars of assistance to these children who have no one else. Mm. You know, they don't have their families. I love this organization. Uh, check it out. You can go to uh, the Christmas box. Do you look up the Christmas box house? What, what do we, or do you have you the web have, address? It, it's, in, it's in Utah. So just, uh, yes, the, the web is christmasbox.org. Christmasbox.org. Thank yeah, you so much. Have a great holiday and uh, get well. Thank you, Glenn. My best to your family. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. you bet. Bye bye. The uh, the name of the book is The Christmas Promise, and he is just he's a fantastic, fantastic author. If you've never read any of his books, he's actually I don't know if we've ever talked about this. Simon and Schuster um, came to me because of the original ending of the Christmas sweater is I think and always have felt is a better ending. I've always wanted to update the Christmas sweater and give it the original ending. Um, uh, but it was director's cut. Yeah. Yeah. They thought it was depressing. 
And I said, no. Uh, you read a depressing I book? I can't even imagine. They said it was depressing because in it, mom dies. But in it, you know, it goes on for a couple more chapters. Uh, and in it, you see real redemption work out. And uh, they were like, you can't have a holiday book where mom dies. And I'm like, but it's, that's the, tr- I mean, it's better. It's the, and they really didn't understand the idea and the concept of redemption. They found yeah, but he see he learns all the lessons and they're like, no, no, mom can't die. I didn't know how to write that. And so I called Richard Paul Evans. I don't even know if we knew each other that well back then. And I said, you know, I, I know you're the king of Christmas. I'm stuck. I've got this book and I can't I can't figure out a way to get this to be anywhere where I want it to be. Uh, and mom lives. And he said, send it to me. Let me look at it. And he called me back in uh, a couple of days and he said, okay, here's what happens. Eddie has to do this, 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 and this. And he was the guy who really is responsible for the ending of, you know, 2 million copies sold of the Christmas sweater. Mm. And he's the guy who, who wrote it. The, you know, the, I mean, are you trying to convince us hour. he's a better author than you? Cause we already believe oh, that. Clearly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You don't <laughs> yeah, need to no, no yeah. work to be done mm-hmm. there. Uh, if you walk around all day with food on the brain like I do, I can think of uh, nothing you're going to like better than having a rec tech. It is it, it, it will cook your food to perfection. It really does. If you have a rec tech, you have a grill, you have an oven and you have a smoker all in one. And I don't know which it does best, honestly. Whether it's a rack of uh, ribs, steak slathered in butter, burgers to die for, or just a whole bunch of vegetables, uh, Rectech has it. Rectech, built with solid stainless steel smart grill technology, which means your foods heat evenly all throughout the cooking process. It even automatically adjusts the temperature itself as needed, and it it's smart grill technology. There's nothing like it on the on the market, and there is nothing in its category, especially at the price point. But even if you look at the very best, there's nothing like it. It's Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com, R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com. Ten seconds, station ID. As you've gotten older, Stu, is Christmas the same uh, for you, you know, I, I remember in my 20s and 30s, Christmas was really, I mean, it was just, I was really excited for Christmas every year. And uh, I don't know, I, the last two Christmases, I, can't, I guess not. I mean, maybe it's just this Christmas. I feel kind of out of step with it. Really? Yeah. I do feel a little a little out of step with the season, but I'm pretty excited about it. I mean, now I also have young kids, you know, nine yeah. and ten, so they're yeah. in like peak Christmas years, yeah, which is really fun. But you've you've been doing this for a while. I mean, I remember when you my whole life. I remember you had this one Christmas. I think it was like the first time that you know there was any success with the show, and then you bought like everyone you knew ridiculous Christmas presents. Oh my gosh! And then the next year, you're like. I have uh, too much consumerism and you bought no one like your kids. Got, yeah, like, I've a, swung both ways, lettuce. Uh, if you will. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> the I will tell you, uh, because it was the first year that ever in my life I had money and I was like, I'm going to buy everybody <laughs> everything I've ever wanted to buy. Uh, yeah. And and gave I mean, just gave extravagant gifts to everybody. It was the most 
shallow Christmas I had ever had. Yeah, you hated it. I hated it. It was, and I think the family, I think the family would agree that that was the mm. the an empty Christmas. And I mean, the boxes were stacked around the trees, and we were going to people's houses and giving them stuff. <laughs> it was. It was so empty. It yeah. was so empty. The only things that were good were the things where we were giving them outside of the house, and they were the littler things. Yeah. No, I mean, you could definitely overdo it. I, I'm going uh, back and forth with my wife right now on this thing where she, you know, she wants to give less stuff to the kids. Um, you know, like basically, okay, we don't need to get them nine million things. They, they open them up. They play with them for a day. They, they never look at them again. And of course, all of these points are accurate, right? Like they do this. They do open them up. They do get excited for five minutes. They do put them down and then never look at them again. Like that's actually a real thing. It is. And she's much more worried about like, you know, clutter around the house that I am. Right? Like, yeah. I don't care. Like, so what? They put stuff in their closet and don't look at it for a while. And it doesn't bother me, but it bothers her. So she's like, well, we should buy less stuff. And then I get her high and I'm like, well, you know, I don't know. Like they're in peak Christmas year one time and they're going to get incredibly excited over every little thing we give them one or, you know, one little period of what, five years. And then it's over. And then like they look and they go, oh, thanks. And then they, they go out with their friends. Like I, I don't know. I feel like I want to embrace every little bit of it, you know. And if I want, to, if I see something, yeah. I want to get the kids. I'm going to get it for them if I can afford it. Yeah, I feel that. I kind of feel the the same way. I remember um, when we first met. Uh, I was just broke as hell. I mean, mm -hmm. I think you made more money than I did. Oh no, I can assure you that has never been the case since we've known each other. No, However, well, I, I will took, say, took home more money. Well, you you had yeah. some external payments I yes. did not have at yes. that time. Yes, <laughs> I will say it that. Was, yes, it was little, little <laughs> remarkable. But uh, and yes. I remember I just couldn't afford anything, and mm. it was horrible because oh, I yeah. felt like a I felt like a failure as a dad and as a parent. And I couldn't buy a little thing from CVS even that year uh, that that Mary really wanted. Yeah. And, uh, oh, my gosh, that ate at me and ate at me and ate at me. And, you know, we're entering a time again where more and more people are feeling this kind of a pinch. Don't buy into that. Don't buy into any of that crap. Yeah. It, it, you know, all your kids really want is time that's what they'll remember right they're not it gonna is. remember the extra little gift you give them nope uh but they will remember you know we try to do we load up on these like little christmas traditions you know we yeah. go to this place we go to this place we go to this festival we do like all of it and at times it does get a little overwhelming because you've got you know four things scheduled in one day and you're running around it's like is this fun i don't i don't know but it is i think important and, you know, you don't have to do every little thing. You don't have to go, you know, to every festival to rem to have memories like that. But I, I think those traditions are super important. You know, I used to put the lights up on our house with my dad every year and I hated it. And it was always cold and he would never let me on the ladder and I had to hold it. And if it would have fallen, I mean, I, it would have crushed me. Done, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, I just always hated it, hated it. I remember it, hmm. but I hated it. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm now it's just a good memory. It's, uh, you know, yeah. we used to do these things and I hated it at the time, but I, I think, you know, I think some of those things that you do again, it was just because we did it together that I remember it. You know, like, I don't remember, I hated mowing the lawn. I don't remember thinking now back fondly on my times of mowing the lawn, 
You know what I mean? This was a chore we did every Christmas, but I did it with my dad. And there's something to that. You know, we, we get a live Christmas tree and, uh, and every year now, cause Rafe's old enough and big enough, we go out, we pick it out and he chops it down and, you know, we bring it in. And th- I that's think that's cool. a great memory. Our best Christmas memory was actually one of our worst Christmases. We went up to the ranch and everything that could go wrong did go wrong. We went out to this Christmas tree lot and where you cut it down yourself and uh, my car, uh, because this is the time when we were still driving just the armored cars, the armored car, we drove it onto a farm and it sank <laughs> and uh, armored cars aren't really supposed yeah, to be at farms. No. And it and so we had to have somebody come tow us out. Uh, and then we put the uh, Christmas tree. We wrapped it all up. We were all cold. Everybody was, you know, not in a good mood. We get onto this highway and uh, the car breaks down. OK, so somebody comes with a truck and says, um, uh, you know, the guy who runs our farm came with his truck and he said, you do this. You just get the family into the truck. Uh, and uh, or take take the tree and Rafe and the kids in the truck and uh, I'll bring the family home behind you and somebody will wait for a tow truck. So we go we go and I'm going home and we're talking about how miserable this is. We didn't pay attention. The tree blows out of the of the uh, <laughs> truck and uh, then this car starts flashing its lights at us and speeding up and tailgating. And, you know, we were still from New York at the time and I'm like. What the hell is this? Who is what are they doing? You know, right. not used to people just being nice and saying, hey, your tree blew out. We get almost to the house and I don't want this person to know where we live. So I just stop and pull over and he pulls over and he's like, hey, I've been trying to catch up. You like 10 miles back, you, your tree blew out. And I'm like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. We now look at that tree cutting day as the best tree cutting day we ever had <laughs> as a awesome. family. Yeah, yeah, uh, that is that is always how it works out. I feel like you have those memories you think are going to be, you know, it's the ones you plan. You know, they never work out, but the ones where everything gets screwed up, people do. Kids remember that. It's why we like National Lampoon's yeah. Christmas Vacation. Yeah. That sounds like a sequel to it. What you just described. <laughs> it almost was. <laughs> This is the Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Building your financial house on a solid foundation of fiscal responsibility, a lot of work. But it's vital that you and your family, especially in today's economy, take steps to save money. Find ways to save wherever you can. And there's one group of people that I know that I've been working with for a long time. They're the only mortgage company I've ever endorsed. Uh, It is American Financing. They have been helping people just like you for over 20 years. They're family owned. They work for you, not the bank. They they understand. You talk to them about the big banks and they're, uh uh-huh, I got it, I got it. And they will find the right mortgage for you at the lowest possible rate. They can do a consolidation loan or a loan to invest in your home's equity. It's American Financing. They have you covered from coast to coast. Call them today. American Financing at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Maybe even skip a payment. Wouldn't that be nice before Christmas? American Financing, 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net.
And head over to glenbeckmerch.com. You can pick up your Christmas presents there. If you use the code GLEN20, you'll save 20%. It's glenbeckmerch.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We're glad you're here. I want to, uh, I want to uh, introduce you to somebody who I think is here against his will. Um, and the, when, when the story was first given to me, I said, oh, that's a great story. Uh, but it was given to me by our executive producer, uh, Ricky, who has just married our next guest's son. And so that made it a lock for me because I just wanted to say to our guest, our deepest consult- condolences. Or is it <laughs> our deepest condolences? No, it was congr- congratulations. Congratulations. Yes. Oh, that was a con one way or another. Yeah, there was, it was it a con. started yeah. with a con anyway. Uh, Eric Feldman, how are you, sir? I am fantastic. I'm just thrilled that you admitted the extreme nepotism that's going oh, on. Oh my gosh, it I was. Don't have to hide it, right? Yeah, she was like, "I'll get you fired if you don't have him on." And I was like, "Wait a minute, Ricky." Uh, uh, but she but told. I gotta say, I gotta say, yeah. that my son Jason totally outkicked his coverage when he got Ricky. So there's no question. Oh, what about a that, so. good father-in-law. <laughs> um, all right, so here's the thing: um, you have, and I don't want to talk about the the Hallmark movie. Because I hear it's nothing like the real story, but a Hallmark movie, a Godwink Christmas Miracle of Love is airing is premiering tomorrow night on Hallmark. And it is based on a story that happened to you. Correct. That's correct. Loosely, based. loosely based. Now, (laughs) you're never going to guess how this ends. Will the couple actually get together in the end? (laughs) Will a miracle happen? Watch tomorrow night on Hallmark. Um, but uh, uh, tell me the story quickly. Start, you know, you, you know, you, you started dating your your wife in the early 70s. And then in 1975, something happens. Tell me. Tell me. So uh, we met that previous summer and in, and we built a relationship, got engaged. And a few weeks before we were to be married, I was working and I was involved in a horrible accident and uh and I was traveling. I was in the small town of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And uh, the doctors didn't think I would survive, but one of them had gone to a seminar, which is where the Godwink comes in, which means a coincidence. And they had, uh, I had a severe liver injury. And okay, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang yeah, on. Yeah. You suck at telling your own story. Let me, let me help you out here just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> let me be Hallmark here just a little bit. Yeah, you were working, you were working, you were working like eight weeks straight so you could pay for the honeymoon when you're getting va- uh, when you're on vacation. You're up in where Wisconsin and she's in San Diego. That's correct. OK. That's correct. And yeah. you your your truck won't start that you're you're using for your job and you get underneath it and the car brake goes out and actually lurches forward and crushes everything from the belt up. Right. Except for your head. That is very true. And it did get part of my head because it's it smashed my jaw in three places. Holy cow. (laughs) And so when you're laying there, how long were you laying there? Was anyone around? So I was in the parking lot of a a little restaurant and uh, I just I knew what had happened, you know, and I thought, well, I'm dead. I really did. And I had one of those moments where you hear from God and he said, not yet. And so I kind of 
tried to holler and somebody ran oh up gosh. and this woman started screaming and they immediately called the EMTs and got me to the, the local hospital, Oshkosh Mercy's Medical Center. So yeah. your jaw, your col- both collarbones, several ribs broken, right arm shattered. Um, they actually went, if I'm not mistaken, they called uh, your bride-to-be and said, don't rush. He's not going to make it. Yeah. She was actually at her bridal shower. And my father called her father, and he called the church and said, send Joy home right now. They got a hold of the hospital, and they said exactly what you said. He's not going to make it. Don't rush out here. Um, we're so sorry, you know. Uh, but she jumped on a plane every, anyway, and obviously I survived. And the first thing I saw when I opened my eyes was her lovely face. And I'm trying to figure out how did she get here because, you know, I was – yeah. Out of it for, for several, several hours. Yeah. So when you got in to surgery, your liver ruptured, and that's normally a death sentence, right? Correct. Yeah. But the guy who was just happened to be on duty, I mean, you weren't with a special, you were just at the hospital, the next hospital that could take you, right? Correct. Yeah. And, and he just happened to be on call. Yep. Okay. And so he happened to uh, be on call. And what had he just happened to do? He had been at a seminar, and there was a, another session with a billboard out there, and it said, uh, new technique for liver trauma. And he was going to go home, and he said, well, I might as well go to this. And it was just the day before. So, therefore, the coincidence that uh, the writer called a Godwink. And he said to his, his partner, uh, one was named Graver, the other was our uh, partner was Isom, he said, uh, let's try this. This kid's a goner anyway. <laughs> so... They used that technique and saved my life. That is unbelievable. Really, truly unbelievable. You've, you went on. I, I just love this because I, I love Norman Vincent Peale. Um, you, uh, uh, you went w- to work with uh, Norman Vincent Peale and Donald Trump as the co-chair of Peale's 90th birthday, right? Which had to be. Well, that, yes, that was a, a, an amazing event where uh, Trump's father loved Dr. Peale. And so when Trump was a teenager, there was an assigned seat for him to sit in Peel's mm. church in, in uh, you know, uh, 29th and 5th Avenue in Manhattan every week. And uh, later when Peel came around to this big celebration for his 90th birthday, Trump and, and then former Governor John Y. Brown of Kentucky were the co-chairs, but Trump was in charge. And we met in Manhattan and I was placed, you know, as a staff executive responsible to help him with whatever he needed. Mm. So, I mean, there were 20 people in the room, but I got to spend two or three sessions yeah. watching him orchestrate a, a wonderful event for Dr. Peel's 90th birthday. And you've gone on to also, you went to China uh, and you were there when the churches were open for the first time after 50 years. Yep. And it, that was an amazing experience. Joy went with me. Um, the Chinese government was very anxious to show that they were loosening at that time. Uh-huh. And uh, we, we, went, we attended a few church events, but also experienced through interview what many of the believers had gone through in terms of imprisonment and torture during the, the 40 years between when the churches were closed and when they were reopened. You also had three kids. One of them is Jason, and now he's married to Ricky, which kind of makes it... Th- 
it cheapens it a bit, doesn't it? I mean, you've went on to do all these things. <laughs> well, I, you know, I can't say that because I never thought I'd ever get to be on Glenn Beck's radio show. So, you know, this is another amazing event in yeah. my life. I, well, I have to tell you, um, I, I saw a bit of the clip. What you just told me and what I knew, it doesn't seem like Hallmark... <laughs> It doesn't seem like anything like what you just told me. Yeah, so the only true things in the Hallmark movie are our names, the fact that Graber saved my life, and that we and that Joy ended up marrying me. That's the only. That's thing. it. Not even the, the injury. The- nothing. Well, well, there's a oh yeah, there's an injury, but the the facts of the injury are different because instead of meeting at a summer camp and going to work, they have us meeting on a Habitat for Humanity project and i actually haven't seen the whole movie so i don't know Oof. all the details but um are you gonna watch is, it are you gonna watch oh, it absolutely it's, yeah, yeah. it's already you know we're old now so it starts at 10 o'clock we might not make oh it through the whole thing, but it's on record it's on yeah. record <laughs> eric great to talk to you sir thank you so much we'll be watching god winks uh the hallmark movie a uh, god wink christmas miracle it, and it had nothing to do with christmas either did it your, no, it was in no. July. It was in July. <laughs> okay, good. A God Week Christmas, a miracle of love. That is tomorrow night on Hallmark. Thank you so much, Eric. God bless. <sighs> so what distinguishes a truly great real estate agent from merely an adequate one? Or worse, a bad one? That's a question that was on my mind several years ago. question that uh, sparked the idea for a company that I started ooh, six or eight years ago now. Uh, with uh, my brother Robert, realestateagentsitrust.com. We were actually just doing, I was doing other work with a bunch of real estate agents that had just been dubbed the 500 best agents in the country uh, by the Wall Street Journal. And I was struggling with selling my house. Uh, my brother was struggling selling his house, and we're like, okay, guys, what, what do we look for in an agent? That's how it really started. We look for those things in an agent, and then we pass it on to you for free. It's no cost to you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. We've done all the initial work to make sure that they're hitting all of the things that the 500 best real estate agents in the country say, yeah, this is really important. Many of those agents, by the way, are part of Real Estate Agents I Trust. A free service to you. If you're looking to buy or sell across the street or across the country, realestateagentsitrust.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Hmm. What would you like for Christmas? What do you like for Christmas? I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about you're not going to get it. But what would you like for Christmas? Um, if you could pick hmm. anything, a private jet. Yeah, I that, think so I too. I think that's what I would <laughs> like. Jet. A private jet. That would private be really jet. cool. That would be nice. Now that would be Santa. It would be difficult for him to deliver it. But yeah, the I would problem like is it. Santa doesn't deliver the fuel for it either. So yeah. Oh uh, well, I want him. I want him to is, also deliver. Yeah, that. deliver the fuel. Yeah, reindeer for, power, magic corn, something like that. That's fine with it's me. It's fine with me. Just so it flies. Because that is the yeah. ultimate. I think. I mean, you know, that's the ultimate thing to have. I yeah. think. If you're gonna have Sonic one thing. Ice Maker. I just got a Sonic Ice Maker, and it is the, it's one of the things that I've, I had that I was like, we are rich. When you say Sonic, 
You mean the, uh, like the restaurant the, the, Sonic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that so type of ice, the yeah, small the pebble cube ice. ice. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. the pebble ice. That's worth foregoing a car. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it really is. That is that's brought so much joy. I had some people over, and they, I said, "Do you want uh, do you want some ice in it, uh, or you just want the bottle?" And they said, "No, I'll take the bottle." I said. We have Sonic eyes. And they were like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, right, (laughs) right. This should be in every refrigerator door. I don't know why it's not, but it should be. Can you buy? I think you can. You may not have a Sonic near you. Many areas don't. But if if you have one near you, can you buy ice from them? I think you can. Yeah, I think you can. That would be I should start doing. I don't know why I'm not doing that. You could. You could buy one. They're not. I mean, a really good one is really expensive. Sure. But. Um, you can buy them pretty, I mean, you know, like it's so $800 weird. maybe, I, I $500. Why is it better? I don't know. But it is. It is. And it's great to chew on. That's a rich man's gift yes. right there. That's a rich man's gift. <laughs> really Sonic It's great to chew on. That's it a really great is. point. Why? I don't know why. And it's completely unnecessary. Completely unnecessary. Yes. Like fine ice everywhere else. That's why it makes you feel rich. Because you're just right. like, mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I have ice that you can't get at everybody else's house. <laughs> now, normally the rich person ice is like the balls of ice that come like in, like bourbon, like you put in a cup of bourbon, like the, the big cube, one large cube in you the middle of your drink. You can't really chew on that. No, you can't chew no, on that. No, don't try that. it. You get drunk enough, you could try it. Yeah. Uh, if you drink enough I bourbon with the ice cube. <laughs> I probably would have. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, that's interesting. I think you get to that. There, there are those... Like one of the one of the luxuries that I have in my life mm-hmm. is that I I have we, we I go and I buy uh, every variety of soda that I could possibly want and I put it in one fridge and it's a soda fridge and the soda fridge lives in our house and has nothing else in it I don't want any of your other drinks no other no milk doesn't get stored there right only right, right. my yes. soda flavors well, and then there's one. every so because I cave thought, man cave you get a little fridge I got it too yeah don't even think and, about coming into my refrigerator milk no. nope. And I don't want little. I want a full size fridge. Here's oh, what I kept thinking. Wow. Do you ever okay. go? You know when you go into a like We're a dreaming. Ga- you go to a yeah. gas station. Yeah. You go to a convenience store. Uh huh. And you walk up, and uh-huh. they have all the flavors. Yes. That's the best moment. That's the moment you want to recreate. What if you so could you recreate want that all like the time? Seven Eleven in yes. your house. Yes. Okay. I want all, right. all the flavors, so I can choose whatever I want whenever I want. Yeah. And the thing is, it's not you know you buy. I'd like cans. a slushy machine where I could push mm. for any flavor that I wanted. See, these are the things. This, this is never going to happen in Joe Biden's America. No, Joe Biden wouldn't. But if I tell you, Donald Trump, we'd still we, we'd have him under the tree at every poor people would have these things. You should when you're interviewing Donald Trump, will you ask him if a slushy machine in every household is part of his, his part plan of for deal. 2024? Two, two slushy machines in every mm. garage. <laughs> Wait, I don't know if I went with slushy machine in my garage. I feel like uh, it's a man cave. Usually, is usually a yeah. You can have the garage, really. Yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I do feel like there is there's that section of because that's what the right gift is. You can get someone a gift that is maybe somewhat pricey or something, but like it really is. It's more about the value Ugh. versus the amount See, you're it paying. Is. Like, it is. You that's what makes buy Christmas so hard. You have to think. You know, because it could really be something that's not expensive at all. Not expensive at all. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, 
I love this. Yeah. And then you and can go to the store and you could see it's not on the shelves <laughs> yeah. anymore. And if it is, it's up 45% in right. cost. <laughs> and that's your Merry Christmas message for 2021. <laughs> it's going to be, I mean, I, I feel like the absolute worst case scenario maybe hasn't played out where there are things in the stores, but I mean, that could be around the corner for, for Christmas. You can buy stuff, but it's, if you want to get something specific, you very well may, may be completely out of luck. I mean, you know, the PlayStation 5 came out in 2019, and you still can't really buy it. How is that possible? What 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 year is it? I don't. Well, what's happening? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I will tell you, the greatest joy so far this Christmas has been going with my kids. My son and I went shopping for boys that were in need, uh, and we went shopping, and he convinced me to get the Batman Lego. Uh, the Batman uh, Bat Cave with the whole control board stuff on it. Mm. And he was like, Dad. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, good heavens. Le- when did Lego become that <laughs> expensive? But I will tell you, uh, you know, he took it out of his Pizza Hut money. But uh, <laughs> I will tell you that the best joy was going shopping for somebody else. Even kids we just didn't even know. Cool. It is really good. Try doing that this weekend. This is the Glenn Beck Program.